Hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News. In a nutshell, start of a brand new week. It is Monday the 17th of July. Where's the year going? 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back with you. Good to be back with you as well. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Whatever you got up to, enjoyed all the sport that happened, which we'll get to across the course of the next hour. Broadcasting through SEN 11.70am in Sydney, SENQ 6.93am in Brisbane and SEN 16.20am on the Gold Coast. one 300 11170 our open line number you can text 0457 736 736 that's all before breakfast through SEN 1170 a.m. in Sydney with Vossi and James Magnus at the missile and in Queensland Patton Heels to take you through the breakfast show after 6 a.m. a lot to get through on this show we'll look back at the round of footy some big sport that's been played overnight we'll get to as well uh, Chris Perkins in America will join me in about half an hour to fill us in on everything so it is a busy show I want you to take part as always one 300 0111 70 0457 736 736 Monday morning off and running one and a half past five. The hot topic thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, we will get to the NRL shortly. A lot of talking points out of the round of uh, rugby league as the race to the finals really does heat up. A couple of teams struggling a little. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, very, very soon. Also some news surrounding the West Tigers, a bit of news around Ricky Stewart. James Tedesco went on a holiday too. So lots to get through. But look, let's start, and we'll get to that in a moment, but let's start at what has happened overnight. A couple of big events. Uh, we'll start with the tennis. We'll start at Wimbledon. And Carlos Alcaraz has defeated seven-time champion Novak Djokovic to claim his first Wimbledon title, uh, shattering Novak's dream of a record equaling 24th Grand Slam crown. Now, Alcaraz recovered from dropping the first set and saving a set point in the second to win 1-6, 7-6, 6-1, 3-6, after four hours and 42 minutes on centre court. It was the first five-set final at Wimbledon since the 2019 final. Uh, now, it is Carlos Alcaraz's second major, only 20 years old, following his US Open title last year. Um, Djokovic had been bidding to equal Federer's record of eight Wimbledon titles and match Margaret Court's all-time mark of 24 slams. Won his first Open in 2008. When that happened which was the Australian Open, Alcaraz was still three months shy of his fifth birthday. Djokovic is playing in his ninth final and his 35th at the majors. Well, for Alcaraz, it was Alcaraz, it was just second in the slams following the US Open triumph. It looked pretty rusty, didn't it, for Carlos Alcaraz? I don't know if anyone stayed up or watched it, losing the first set very quickly. But what a fight back. Let's have a listen to Carlos Alcaraz post-match. He was very complimentary of Novak Djokovic. You know, I have to congratulate Novak. You know, it's uh, amazing to play against him. Uh, what can I say about, about him? It's uh, unbelievable that uh, you, are, you inspire me a lot. Uh, you know, I started uh, playing tennis, watching, watching you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> since, I, since I, I was born, you know, I... You, you, <laughs> You, you, you already was winning tournaments. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's amazing. Probably you, you are in a better good shape than, than me. Uh, you, say, you just say that the 30, 36 is the new 26. And you, you, make, 
to make that happen, uh, you know, in, in real. But you know, it's uh, it's amazing. It, it certainly is. <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz after claiming his first Wimbledon title. If you did stay up and watch it, happy to hear from you. Uh, you'd be very tired if you did. Only finished probably about an hour ago, just under an hour ago. As I said, four hours, 42 minutes on court. Is it the start of a new generation? Now, look, I think Novak will probably still win a couple more Grand Slams before he retires. But is the new generation in tennis here? Um, and look, it is interesting because there has been a bit of talk over the past couple of weeks with Wimbledon on that the interest levels, particularly here in Australia, and I know we've got a lot of other stuff going on with the football season. We've had the Ashes. Um, we've got the Women's World Cup coming up in a few days' time. So there has been a lot of distraction, but there's been a bit of talk around um, Australia about the lack of interest in tennis at the moment at Wimbledon. Where do you, where do you rate your interest in tennis at the moment? And are you going to be more excited when you see players like Carlos Alcaraz start to beat Novak Djokovic and maybe the turning of the generation. Let's have a listen to Novak Djokovic post his loss at the Wimbledon final. Well, uh, good afternoon to everyone. <laughs> Not so good for me, but uh, good for, for Carlos. Um, I have to start, obviously, with uh, praises to, to Carlos and, and to his team. Amazing. What a quality in the end of the match to... When you had to serve it out, you, you came up with some big serves and big plays, so you deserve it, absolutely. Congratulations. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I thought I'll have trouble with you only on clay and maybe hardcore, but not on grass, but now... <laughs> well, it's a different story from this year, obviously. Congrats, amazing uh, way to adapt to the surface. Uh, you know, you played maybe one or once or twice uh, before this year's Wimbledon on grass and amazing, just what you did in Queens and congratulations to your team. Juanqui, everybody, well done, guys. Novak Djokovic post uh, the loss. He'd get quite emotional, which I'm sure you'll hear on our news and also on uh, various, we'll see on the various TV news services throughout the day. So well done to Carlos Elcaraz. 1676613664 after four hours and 42 minutes claiming his first Wimbledon final. Any thoughts on Wimbledon? Did you stay up and watch it? 0457 736 736 or 1300 70. Now, the other thing that happened overnight as well is that the Australian women have retained the Ashes after winning by just three runs in the second one-day international at uh, Southampton. Uh, just got there. Australia off their 50 overs, made seven for uh, 282. England, seven for 279. Australia just getting there, but very, very close. England fell just short of a record run chase in Southampton, uh, with Australia taking an unassailable 8-6 lead in the multi-format series to keep possession of the coveted trophy for a fifth consecutive time. Uh, well done to the Australian uh, girls. It was very, very uh, close, as I said. England only three runs away. And they have fought back the England team ever since they lost in the Test match. Of course, as I said, multi-format um matches here. So we've seen test matches. We've seen 2020 matches. We've got one more one day international to come. Let's have a listen to Australian captain Alyssa Hilly after the match. Relief? Nah. <laughs> um, no, not relief. I just thought it was a really, really good game of cricket that I think both both sides really hung in there. Um, Nat Siva played yet again uh, a pretty incredible innings and 
thought she was going to take it away from us at the end, but um, full credit to our girls. They just showed their, their grit and their determination again and um, got ourselves over the line. Talk about these pivotal moments in games and that little knock of Georgia Wareham's towards the back end. And There's so many moments in the games you could talk about, but that seemed really decisive at that point. Well, yeah, I think you talk about momentum in games and, um, and series, and that I think that actually swung the momentum back into our sort of change room at the break and I thought we took a little bit of a buzz out of that um, knowing that you know we sort of were up and about after that last over so that definitely helps and um, yeah look it, it turned it turned crucial in the back end didn't it? The squad itself that has, that has come over and, and taken on all forms of the, of the game or all formats of the game how important is, that, is it using that squad as we've seen in the case of Alana King today? Yeah, hugely important. I mean, um, Darcy's put in a pretty good shift bowling quick up front, but for someone like Kingy to come into the side and contribute straight away, basically, um, just shows the depth that we've got um, in Australian cricket and, and one that we keep, we're happy to keep relying on. So, yeah, we're blessed. We're blessed with 15 amazing players and there's still four sitting on the bench that are wanting to get a go. So um, we're really lucky and I've got no doubt that any of the 15 can do the job when required. Alyssa Healy after Australia retained the women's ashes. Well done to them. If you stayed up and watched that, it was a busy night at sport with uh, the Wimbledon final with that on 0457 736 736 or 1300 And of course, we have the fourth men's ashes test beginning on Wednesday at Old Trafford. And we'll preview that later on in the week with Paul Dennett and hear from our commentators across over there in the UK, part of our SEN cricket commentary team. All right, 10 past five. Any thoughts on Wimbledon? Any thoughts on on the cricket, let me know. Now, after the next break, we will get to uh, the review of another really intriguing round of the NRL, but just a couple of talking points on and off the field as we get there. Uh, we'll get, as I said, more in-depth into the games last uh, over the last few days after the next break, um, and we'll talk about the Eels' victory over the Titans. But just one thing out of that match, and I see Paul Crawley has written a column in the Daily Telegraph about this. Regan Campbell-Gillard, I don't know if you saw the match or if you've seen the highlights on social media. Um, Sinbind, was he lucky not to be sent off, though? Um, I think he's going to be in a bit of trouble after he's Sinbind for leading with his knee directly into the Gold Coast's Chris Randall's back. Now, Vossi was calling the game on Fox League, and he said, uh, ill-disciplined, he didn't sleep, he didn't fall, it was a reckless act. Uh, the Eels at one stage down to 11 men. But if you saw it, if you are out there, if you are watching it last night on Fox, do you, and of course listening to it on SCN, do you think he could be in a bit of trouble, Regan Campbell-Gillard? I reckon he'll be getting a few weeks on the sideline. But should he have been sent off? Do you think Regan Campbell-Gillard should have been sent off last night for the Parramatta Eels? It was very, very close, wasn't it? 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Um, it, it is going to be very interesting to see uh, how many weeks he gets. A lot of people on Twitter thinking he might get a few. Uh, what do you reckon? Should he have been sent off? 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Now, the West Tigers. Uh, they have called an emergency meeting between Warring Recruitment Manager Scott Fulton and coach-in-waiting Benji Marshall. Uh, back page of the Daily Telegraph today uh, has revealed Tim Sheens has not been invited to the meeting in a further indication of his declining influence at the club. Uh, there are even suggestions at the weekend that Sheens may have coached his last game. 
Uh, we know the Tigers lost uh, on, when was it, on Friday night against the Newcastle Knights. Uh, however, that was denied by Chairman Lee Hatchbentellis. Fulton and Marshall have been uh, summoned by Hatchbentellis and Chief Executive Justin Pascoe to a meeting at Concord today to thrash out their differences. They are barely on speaking terms and embroiled in a disagreement over the signing of Leeds halfback Aidan Caesar to replace Luke Brooks. Um, Caesar is managed by the same person who looks after Marshall, and Tigers insiders say club management will issue an ultimatum to Fulton and Marshall to start working together or face the consequences. It comes among some serious player unrest emerging at the Tigers. The likely prospect of another wooden spoon has left morale at an all-time low. Um, Tigers fans, what do you make all of, of all of this? So they're going to have a chat. Um, they're going to sit down, Benji Marshall, Scott Fulton. Um, it is an interesting one. And then you throw into the Tim Sheens um, part of it as well, where they had uh, the middle part of the season um, there for the Tigers. Well, maybe not even the middle part, but two or three or four games, they, they started to play really well. And then you saw them on Friday night. They were pretty poor again. Um, I would be interested to know if Tigers fans, if Benji Marshall is the plan to coach in 2025, we've got six games, seven games left this re- uh, this season. The Tigers are not going to be making finals. Uh, they're going to try and get off the bottom of the ladder and not win the wooden spoon. And that's uh, going to lead into what will be a very interesting game on Thursday night against the Dragons. But if Benji Marshall is the plan, is it time to just give, to give him the reins? Maybe let Tim Sheen see out the year and then, Benji takes over next year. What do you reckon? And, and it seems that the relationship between him and Scott Fulton isn't great either. It's a really intriguing one at the West Tigers. Tigers fans, how are you feeling this morning? And if it was your club, would you, would you just let Benji Marshall take over now or at the end of the year, not wait another year if he's going to anyway in 2025? 0457 736 736 or one 300 And one more for you before a break. Uh, Canberra will allow Ricky Stewart to coach New South Wales, but there would be a caveat. So we know a decision on the Blues coaching position won't be finalised, it seems, now until October. Uh, Stewart has been touted as a possible replacement should incumbent Brad Fittler be sacked or quit. It comes as Fittler refused to declare his intention to seek the New South Wales coaching position again for next year. Now, out of respect for Fittler, his friend and former teammate and former coach, Stewart, has refused to express a desire for the New South Wales job. Uh, now, some NRL clubs may deny their coach taking on the heavy burden of coaching New South Wales, but Canberra won't stop Stewart if he is given the top job. That would, however, depend on whether Stewart has his experience existing assistant coaches, Michael Maguire and Mick Crawley, at the Raiders. So Canberra's board will, would feel comfortable letting Stewart leave for origin as long as the premiership winning Maguire was there to temporarily take over. He has been linked to several clubs, Maguire, including Newcastle, although Adam O'Brien's job does appear to be safe for now. Um, your thoughts, Ricky Stewart was uh, Blues coach twice uh, back in 2005 and again in 2011-2012. Ricky Stewart, would you be happy to see him back coaching New South Wales? It's a name that's been floated around a bit, hasn't it, over the past few months. Ricky Stewart, coach of New South Wales. And would you be surprised that Canberra would be happy to let him go?
0457 I suppose when you've got someone like Michael Maguire there, then it's pretty good. Um, interesting to see what happens. As I say, that decision might not be made until after October, so after the season is done. So that's just a bit of what's on our agenda. Also want to hear your highlight, low light, surprise performance of the weekend in any sport. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll come back and look back at the round of NRL. It is 17 past five Monday morning. Tradies News in a nutshell. Twenty-one past five to your text and call shortly. We'll also speak to Chris Perkins in about ten minutes in America. He was watching the Wimbledon final, so we'll have a chat with him about that. Carlos Alcaraz winning his first Wimbledon title in a five-set marathon, going four hours and forty-two minutes. Thoughts on the West Tigers? There's a quite a good text on that. We'll talk about. I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, thoughts uh, on Ricky Stewart potentially being uh, New South Wales coach Canberra? Okay to let him coach New South Wales as long as Michael Maguire is still there. And one more before we get to the round of footy and some of the talking points coming out of that. Does anyone care? Honestly, and look, you if you do care, that's fine. But is anyone bothered, Roosters fans, anyone, anyone at all bothered that James Tedesco wasn't at the Sydney Cricket Ground on Saturday night to watch their loss to the Melbourne Storm? He was rested by the coach, uh, Trent Robinson. Um, however, uh, Buzz Rothfield writing in the Telegraph, uh, that it's not acceptable as club captain that he failed to turn up to the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, instead, he had the weekend away in Byron Bay with his wife as his, uh, as his team went down to the Melbourne Storm. Uh, paid more than $1 million a year, uh, he is. Um, James Tedesco not being at the ground after he was given the weekend off. It's not like he was supposed to be playing. Um, is it a bad look? Uh, honestly, I don't think anyone really cares. But is it a bad look? Do you agree with Buzz? I mean, there are obvious issues in the Roosters, and we'll get to that in just a second. But the fact James Tedesco wasn't there, I don't think is a huge issue. Do you agree with Buzz, though? Do you think there is an issue with the captain not being there, even though he was not playing? Or do you not care? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Happy to hear from you if you agree with him. Um, I just think it's a really is pretty much a non-story. 23 minutes past five. Let us wrap up another round of NRL. Now on Tradies, the NRL wrap. And happy to get your thoughts as we get through some of these talking points from round 20 of the National Rugby League. Let's go back all the way to Friday night uh, where the Knights 34 defeated the West Tigers 18. Probably wasn't the Highest standard of football you ever see. But, look, the Knights were, were good. You, you got the feeling, look, the Tigers, um, and, and I think Adam O'Brien made mention of this. Well, I know he made mention of this in his press conference post-match on Friday night. The Tigers hung around with the Knights most of the match. But you kind of never got the feeling that the Knights were going to lose. You always thought they were pretty comfortable. Um, and they've got an interesting run home, the Newcastle Knights. Um, uh, and we'll just quickly go through it now. They've got the Storm this Saturday night, followed by the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Bulldogs, and Souths, uh, and they'll finish off with the Sharks and the Dragons. So a mixed run home. It's not the easiest run home by any strength of the imagination, but they're playing good footy. Bradman Best played well, um, but again, what can you say about the Tigers? Disappointing. I think it would have been a match 
that people thought maybe they could spring an upset against a side in the Knights who themselves have been pretty inconsistent this year. Newcastle, though, playing good footy at the moment. We'll see what happens when they come up against a bigger team, as we will see this weekend against the Melbourne Storm. But well done to them. Uh, On Saturday, the Broncos 44 over the Bulldogs 24. Of course, a very emotional day at Belmore Oval, uh, paying tribute to Josh Reynolds, who played his final game at New South Wales Cup level. Uh, Big crowd there, sold-out crowd. It was fantastic to see. Sunny Saturday afternoon, Belmore packed. And they had to dig the Bulldogs, especially in that first half. I think that, look, Brisbane probably would have won anyway, but the game did change a little bit, uh, or probably quite a lot, when Toby Sexton was ruled out just before half time. Uh, the Bulldogs probably had to change their style. Kyle Flanagan came back on, more responsibility on Matt Burden. But they definitely had a dig of the Bulldogs, and uh, they were going with the Broncos for a long period of time. Um, however, uh, the Broncos, too good in the end. Adam Reynolds, good. Um, and they're doing, they're just, uh, look, Kevin Walters has said that they, that he doesn't think they're playing their best footy yet. You'd be sitting pretty comfortable if you're a Broncos fan at the moment. Keeping in mind that we do know what happened last year, but they're playing some nice footy. And those are the games that they'd be expected to win. And as I said, it was a highly emotional day out at Suncorp, uh, out at Belmore, sorry. Um, and they handled it very nicely. So well done to uh, the Broncos, 44 over the over the Bulldogs, 24. Uh, now, uh, the next game, I only saw bits and pieces of this. The Cowboys, 19 over Manly, 8. Cowboys fans, from what I saw of it and from what I saw on social media, where, where do we put the Cowboys at the moment? Where do we put Manly at the moment? I was out at Brookvale a couple of weeks ago, and they played against the Roosters. And now, look. The Cowboys are in much better form than the Roosters. But they managed to get a win over the Roosters to keep their top eight hopes alive. Now, they're not done and dusted yet, but um, that was an important game for them to be able to win. And they didn't really offer too much. The Cowboys, only 19 points. There is a bit of criticism on social media about their performance. But having not seen a lot of it, I won't um, give an opinion on that. But they have been coming good over the past four or five weeks. I remember... Six, seven, eight weeks ago, we were all sitting here thinking the Cowboys season is done. Definitely not done. They're playing some very, very good footy. Um, and that my only maybe my only concern for the Cowboys is that they're going on this very good run, but because of the start of the season, they have to keep it up. They can't afford to lose too many matches, especially with how close the competition later is. In reality, there is still 14 teams in reality. They can make the top eight. Now, that's clearly not going to happen. But if you look at how close the ladder is, you don't want to be dropping games. That would be my only concern for the Cowboys. Hopefully, the start of their season doesn't cost them. But do you have the Cowboys as a contender yet? Or do you want more proof from them? 19 points to eight. They got uh, over Manly. Uh, The last game on Saturday was the Storm 30 over the Sydney Roosters 16. Uh, 6-4 for a long period of time in this game. Um... I think the Roosters had eight line breaks to three. They had a lot of the ball. They had a lot of chances and just could not deliver. Uh, they ended up scoring 16 points, but lot, well, two of those tries at the very end of the game. Uh, well done to Daniel Tupo, who is now equaled Anthony Minicello's try-scoring record at the Roosters. Um, and taking look, taking nothing away from the Melbourne Storm, who played well 
and they're such an experienced team. They've been in this position before. They know how to handle games like that. But the storyline coming out of the Roosters is remarkable. Where do you put – and I know a lot of people who aren't Roosters fans are probably enjoying what they're seeing this year from the Roosters, but what has gone wrong with the Roosters this year? Um, look, I thought their last tackle options and Coach Trent Robinson main light of this in the press conference were appalling on Saturday night, but they just don't seem to be able to create anything in attack. Now, Trent Robinson won't give up on the year. They need to win f- at least five out of their last seven games, which – you'd think unlikely the way they have been playing. Um, I think some of the senior players haven't been playing overly well either. We know, though, the Roosters as a club do not like losing, do not like having bad years. We've seen it before. 2009, they win the Wooden Spoon, and then the next year they make the grand final. 2012, uh, they miss out on the eight. The next year, they win the competition. 2016, they miss out on the eight. And then uh, they make the preliminary final in 17, and we know what happened in 18 and 19. They win competitions. They got rid of Mitchell Pierce, one of their favorite sons, to bring in Cooper Cronk. They are ruthless, the Roosters, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And look, Trent Robinson as well. Um, he'll be given the rest of this year, and I think he certainly deserves that. But if the Roosters are in this position this time next year, I think he could be in a little bit of trouble. What's going on at the Roosters? Should Trent Robinson be under pressure? How would you fix the Roosters? Or wouldn't you just let them continue uh, failing? 0457 736 736 or 1300 Then yesterday, the Warriors 44 over the Sharks 12. Fantastic win by the Warriors. Um, it is so good to see them playing such good footy. Sean Johnson once again excellent. The Sharks scored first, but really after all after that, it was all the Warriors. And again, and I put on Twitter yesterday... But uh, here we go again with Cronulla Sharks. Big question marks on them for mine. Huge question marks. Last time they played a top eight side against Melbourne, they were smashed. Yesterday, 44 points put on them by the Warriors. Now, they may do enough um, in the remainder of the season to be in the top eight. But if they can't compete against the big sides, then how are they going to contend in the final series? That's if they even make the finals. We'll go through the ladder in a second. What is happening with the Sharks? And we talked about this last, well, this was the topic last year. It's continued on this year. Can the Sharks turn things around and compete with the big teams? Because on the face value of it, you'd say, no, they've got a good team. But they seem to struggle against the other big teams. Your thoughts on the Sharks? Do you think they could potentially even miss out on finals? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01170. The, pa- the Panthers uh, defeated the Dolphins 24 points to 14. Uh, good win by the uh, Panthers over the Dolphins. The Dolphins hung in there, though. But in the end, the Panthers too good without their origin stars and without Nathan Cleary. And a really interesting game to finish off the round. Eels 25, the Titans 24. The Eels were down to 11 men on the field at one stage. And the Titans scored a couple of tries. As I said, I thought Rick and Campbell-Gillard, a little lucky not to be sent. Uh, yeah, a little lucky not to be sent off. He was sin-binned. But the Eels, they did enough. And another heartbreaking loss for the Titans, who now have lost two in a row. One in golden point, thanks to a penalty goal. 
And then last night to a field goal, 25 points to 24. The Eels, another team that I think can probably cause some damage at the tail end of this competition. So the ladder after 20 rounds, the Panthers lead the way on four and against on 30, as are the Broncos there on 30. Then we've got the Storm in third on 28, the Raiders fourth on 28. The Warriors are fifth on 26. The Sharks slip down to sixth on 26. The Eels are on 24. The Rabbitohs are on 24. That is the top eight. Just outside of the top eight, the Cowboys in ninth on 24. Then there is a gap back to the Knights in 10th on 21. The Eagles on 21. The Titans, Dolphins, Roosters all on 20. And then another uh, fair way back for the Bulldogs on 16. The Dragons on 14. And the Tigers are on 12. Quick look ahead to next round. Looking forward to it already. Some intriguing games. Thursday night, Spoon Bowl. St. Georgie Lawara Dragons up against the West Tigers. Friday, Warriors-Raiders, that'll be a great game over in Auckland. And another great game, South Sydney up against the Broncos. Two awesome Friday night matches. Then Saturday, crucial cl- a crucial clash for these two teams. Titans and the Roosters up in the Gold Coast. The Knights at the Storm at 5.30. It's an important game as well. And then another really important game, the Cowboys and the Eels, 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Then on Sunday, the Panthers up against the Bulldogs and the Sharks will play Manly. Some real intriguing games coming up across the course of next weekend. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70 to your text. And also Chris Perkins next. We'll have a chat with Chris Perkins in just a second. Just a couple of texts. This read the Tigers, no name on this, but ending in 061. Hey, Dan, uh, obviously very frustrating, be- very frustrating being a Tigers fan the last couple of years, probably more so this year. They had big raps on the Tim Machines and Marshall combination, although I really do think the problem is run a lot deeper than the playing group. I think we really do need to have a massive clean out and start again. I do think Marshall will work for us long term. However, he really does need to learn properly from Sheens or from someone senior before he takes over. Yeah, well, supposed to take over in 2025. They're having emergency meetings today with him and Scott Fould and apparently barely on speaking terms. Rumours about Tim Sheens' future at the club. Again, would you be putting Benji Marshall in just to coach immediately or from next year? Interesting. Uh, this from John from Clear Mountain. I think James Tedesco probably needs a little time away from everything. Footy, if they are, as in the Roosters, are to make the finals. Uh, well, I'm not entirely sure the Roosters will be making the finals. But, look, uh, yeah, uh, again, I don't think it's a real issue, um, John. Uh, and I think it's a good text. Uh, he's He's played a lot of footy over the past few years. Barely had a break. Um, I don't think him going to Byron is a huge issue. And this one, uh, thank you, John. This one, get off uh, James's back. He was given the weekend off plan months ago before Origin had finished. It's a non-story. Yeah, well, I tend to agree with you on that one. But what do you reckon? James Tedesco going to Byron Bay? Weekend away, not at the Roosters game against the Storm. Do you care? Uh, and speaking of the Roosters, what to do about the Roosters? What is going on wrong at the Roosters? A lot of people had them in the grand final. Regan Campbell-Gillard, should he have been sent off last night? In that game against the Parramatta Reels, anything else uh, to talk about over the course of the weekend of footy? It is coming up to 20 to 6. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. Chris Perkins on the line from America. Good morning to you, Chris. Hey, good morning. Uh, Good afternoon from here. It's about uh, 20 to 4. here in West Virginia. Very, very nice. West Virginia uh, today. Now, before we get to the American sport, I made, of course, mention of this at the top of the show. Carlos Alcaraz, 20 years of age, 
winning Wimbledon. Four hours and 42 minutes it went for against Novak Djokovic. He won 1-6-7-6-6-1-3-6-6-4. Because of the time difference, I didn't get to see a lot of it. And, of course, the shift. But you were watching it. Uh, What a match. An epic five-setter. I didn't think anything could have lived up to the 2019 final between uh, Novak and Federer. This one came as close as I've, I, I could have imagined. Uh, it, the, Novak started this match out playing like he had early dinner reservations <laughs> tonight in London. That, coming out winning, you know, up five love, winning the first set 6-1. Mm. Uh, you know, Alcaraz obviously had a, had a plan going into this match. Uh, the, but what you saw in that first set was proof of the Tyson axiom. You know, Mike Tyson's famous words, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's exactly what happened to Alcaraz. Very true. But he responded mm. and he recovered. The third set, that 32-point fifth game in the third set that Alcaraz ultimately wound up uh, breaking to get to 4-1, be up a double break in the, in the third set, I, at that point, I thought Novak was cooked. Mm. And then he rebounded, won the fourth set, and, and then it was just a back-and-forth fifth set. I mean, Alcaraz really had control sort of of that fifth set. He got the early break and then held his serve the rest of the way uh, to wind up winning the match. But just, it, it was incredible. And I, yeah, Carlos Alcaraz is number one in the world for a reason. He's the top-ranked player in the world for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and he has stepped up. He is the really the first of the new generation of players to step up head-to-head against the big three. Mm-hmm. He took down the GOAT today. Took yes. Down a, you know, yep. guy going for a fifth straight Wimbledon title today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. It is very impressive. And maybe, look, I, I said at the top of the show, I think Novak will still win a few more. But uh, I think we're in a situation now that maybe the changing of the guard is slowly starting to happen. As I say, Novak's not going anywhere. But it is very exciting. I think it's exciting for tennis. We've been a long time loving the big three, maybe big four, if you want to throw Andy Murray into it. Uh, really, Novak, the only one playing consistent tennis uh, now. Um, but it's good to see some of the new stars. Now, speaking of something new, how has the weekend of cricket been? It has been fun. I, I have been thoroughly enjoyed it. Thursday night, the opener, uh, the the, uh, the Texas Super Kings and or, yeah, Texas Super Kings and uh, the LA Knight Riders. I was a it was a uh, it was kind of a strange game because it, it was you know Texas they came out were very flat and then they had a great I think it was their fifth wicket where they went for over a hundred in a partnership and you know wound up comfortably winning by sixty nine runs uh, had a run chase on Friday night the Seattle Orcas uh, won their game with by five wickets with two balls to spare. Mm. And then uh, uh, last night, uh, Seattle beat San Francisco by 35 runs. And uh, Quentin DeCock, oh my goodness, you should see, you should have seen the catch that closed out the game last night. Uh, it was a top edge, and he he it was a one hand gra- diving grab mm. to to close out the close out the game last night for Seattle. But Seattle, they're two and zero. 
uh, in in this tournament so far. They won their first two games. Uh, we have two games going on today in in uh, Major League Cricket. In fact, the first one starts in about about forty five minutes or so. And uh, it'll be this playing in that one. And while while you're looking that up, gonna, what are the gonna, what are, what are the crowds been like? Excellent. Um, now, Friday afternoon, they, they did a, a, a doubleheader on Friday. They did an afternoon game. And this was the big concern I had, uh, doing anything outdoors in Texas in July. <laughs> crowd was a little bit sparse for that early game, but they filtered in and they, they filled the place out. For the, mm. They filled the place out for the night games. Uh, weather today down there doesn't look by Texas standards to be too bad, about 33 degrees. This afternoon down there, they had some storms roll through there earlier. But uh, uh, the Texas Super Kings and Washington Freedom will uh, start, like I said, uh, about uh, about 6.30 a.m. your time. So about 45 minutes mm. now. I've seen, yeah, I've seen highlights of it. It's pretty entertaining. It seems to be going quite well. Now, uh, running a bit short on time because we want to get your NRL tips. Well, review your NRL tips. Before that, though, very quickly, a Major League Soccer update. I love when you do this, Chris. Yeah, well, my St. Louis, uh, St. Louis City 3-0 winners over Miami. The final game of the BM, that would be before Messi era, uh, <laughs> begins. Because yes. Lionel Messi, he officially signed the papers yesterday. He is now contracted to enter Miami. Uh, they've announced, they announced him today officially as a member of Inter-Miami. Expected to be on the field Friday night against Cruz Azul in the Leeds Cup. So uh, all of Major League Soccer is excited to see the the best player in the world suiting mm. up for a, one of their sides uh, yes. coming up on, on Friday and in the future. Inter-Miami, they, they didn't look great for most of it. St. Louis City, uh, their set pieces especially, all three of their goals last night were set pieces. Two corners and a an Edward Leuven free kick Galazzo from outside the box. I'm looking forward to uh, when Messi plays. I'm looking forward to your review as well, Chris. I think this will be very good. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play for Inter-Miami. I'm sure Miami fans are too because they are way, way back in the playoff race as uh, MLS hits their, their summer break. Can he, sa- can he save them, Chris? That will be the question. Am I, well, I mean, he might be able to save them. Maybe, Maybe, but it's going to be dependent. With all due respect, the the talent level uh, at Inter-Miami, nothing like he had at Barcelona or PSG. Yeah, well, No disrespect, just speaking the truth. Yes, I can understand that. I understand where you're coming from. All right, are you ready to hear how you went in your NRL tips this weekend? Sure, let's go. All right, let's go. Uh, You tipped the Newcastle Knights. So off to a good start, uh, the Newcastle Knights. There you go. There's the tick. Then you tipped uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Two from two. Okay. You tipped Manly. So that's unfortunate. Uh, however. Come on, it's the Eagles. How, yes. However, you did, did tip the Storm. You tipped the Warriors. You tipped uh, the Panthers. And you tipped the Eels. So well done to you, Chris. Six from seven. Almost a perfect round. Almost. Now I'm really mad at Manly. Yeah, I know. 19 points to eight. They went down to the Cowboys. If they could have just won there at home too, I know. Disappointing. But six of seven, not too bad. Probably uh, probably about, yeah, 
wasn't the easiest round to tip, so I reckon that's probably above average. So well done to you, Chris. We'll do it again when we speak on Thursday. You know, I, I think I've got a pretty decent strike rate, but yeah, we'll we'll do it again on Thursday. We will have a good couple of days. We'll speak on Thursday. Sounds good. Have a good day. Thank you, mate. Chris Perkins in America, updating us all on sport over there. And, of course, he was watching the Wimbledon final. Just a text before a break uh, from Jason. How on, how on earth do the Tigers get another Thursday night game? Dragons versus Tigers this week. Seriously, what a blockbuster. Aren't Thursday and Friday night games supposed to be games of the week? Thanks, Jason. Yeah, Dragons, Tigers, Thursday night, Thursday night, Spoon Bowl. Yeah, uh, look, the draw is done before the start of the season. But you would have had to have assumed, no offence to Dragons and Tigers fans, that they weren't probably going to be uh, two of the top teams this year. So it is an interesting one. I know they probably rate high on TV, two very popular Sydney clubs. But, yeah. Uh, And, of course, this week as well, Jason, it's going to be up against the cricket, the fourth Ashes test, and also uh, up against the first Women's World Cup game, with the Matildas playing at a core stadium in front of 80,000 people. So it's going to be very interesting to see the ratings when they come out on Friday morning. 0457 736 736, the text number, or 1300 1170. It's 10 to 6. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Uh, this text from Jimbo the Dragon says, Morning, Dan, I'd relocate the Roosters to Perth. Uh, thank you for that uh, wonderful text, Jimbo. Uh, I don't think that'll be happening. Uh, let's go through the AFL across the course of the weekend. The Swans back on Thursday night. I had a good win over the Bulldogs by two points, 11-12-78. Bulldogs 11-10-76. Melbourne on Friday night by one point over the Brisbane Lions, 16-9-105 to Brisbane, 16-8-104. Uh, Collingwood 113 over Fremantle, 67 on Saturday, the Gold Coast over St Kilda, 77-51. to 51. Carlton, surprise winners over Port Adelaide, who I don't think had lost a match in about 12 or 13 matches. So good win to Carlton, 122-72. to 72. We saw Geelong winners over Essendon, 122-45. to 45. GWS had a win over Adelaide, 71-57. to 57, And also wins to Hawthorne and Richmond. This from the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. A highlight for me. Uh, was Rory McIlroy winning the Scottish Open uh, lead up to this week's British Open. Great to see the weather and a Lynx course providing some challenges to the professionals. Thank you uh, for that one, Yeovil Treeman. And James says, I think far less of Teddy after this. Leadership can come in all forms, in all positions, both on and off the field, but not from Byron. Thank you, James. Thank you for your company today. Patton Heels coming up for breakfast in Queensland. Vossi and James Magnuson for listeners through SDN 1170 AM in Sydney. And I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a great Monday.